Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can't take no loss. I don't even know what it costs. I hit the ground and it go off. Yeah, I really feel it's my time. He's a world class fighter. I'm gonna disagree. I really feel it's my time. Think it's my. Yeah. Well, Spence wins. He's naturally bigger. He's got the better resume at the welterweight division, and physically, he's imposing on you and he makes it miserable to fight him you can't get him off of you you may be able to outbox him in spots but the pace will eventually catch up Errol is physically bigger but Errol is also an Olympian let's not make like Errol just this this guy come forward and just all Errol's an Olympian Errol was actually favored to get a medal he didn't in the 2012 Olympics but he was the best member of that U.S. Olympic team so when Spence wins Saturday I'm gonna go and I'll have this overturned I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have, have this overturned I'm gonna go to the commission I'm gonna have this overturned and I'm gonna and, and I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna plead for, for the referee to be fined for his actions in today's matchup. Welcome to Sparring Session. I'm George Jakovic alongside the champs of Sparring Session, the champions Chris Algieri and Pauli Malinaji. Let's set up that last clip a little bit. Going into the sixth round, Chris had a one-point lead, so Pauli really needed a big round. And the question was, who wins, Spencer Crawford? Pauli went with Spence. Chris went with Crawford. I gave the round to Chris and Paulie said he was going to call the commissioner, have me suspended. He well, no, I went, I went with Crawford by judge. stoppage. I went with Crawford late round stoppage. Yes, too. you did. But he, he questioned my integrity as a ref and a judge. Guess what? I'm still here. I still have my job. Chris got it right. And Chris was deemed the champion on the last sparring session. So guys, we got another round. Okay. It's six rounds, six topics, some current, some past. You guys are going to one one uh, big thing. When you hear me say break, you let the other person talk. Now, Chris, you are the defending champion, so it's up to you whether or not you want to start first or end. Remember, whoever starts, the second person ends the round. So, Chris, do you want to start or do you want to defer to Polly? No, defer to Polly. Okay, so Polly, you you lost the last time. I know you're hungry. Look at Chris; he's got the hat on backwards. He's ready for war. He's ready to defend his title, his belt. So let's kick it in, off. In, in the words of some great greats of the past, I was wrong. I've got nothing to say about that. The facts show <laughs> what happened. We'll talk about that later. All right. Oh, you're going to throw salt in the wound, I see. Right. <laughs> in, they're adding insult to it. Insult <laughs> to the injury. All right. Paulie, we're going to start with you. Round one, Anthony Joshua just had a fight. We we talked about it. Seventh round knockout, I believe, of Robert Hellenius. So the question is, 
Can Joshua beat Wilder? Round one, ring the bell, Polly. Question to the answer is the answer to the question is no, Joshua cannot beat Wilder based on what we've seen in his recent run of form, especially the hesitancy closing the gap, the touching with the jab, not really committing to that jab. Wilder is a guy who you cannot really get caught in no man's land. Joshua, because he doesn't have that confidence to close that last six to eight inches, he he in, he he winds up just trying to tiptoe his way in. And if you do that with a guy like Wilder, you're going to get rocked with that one-two. Wilder's quick with on the trigger with the jab. He's quick on the trigger with the right hand. He's going to make you pay for hesitating. I just don't see the confidence Joshua needs to close that gap in time. And if he's going to keep playing that pitter-patter game to try to close that gap, he's going to wind up walking into a one-two. Wilder's going to drill him with a right hand. Uh, we say, okay, what does Wilder really have? Wilder has what he needs. I mean, it's obviously that he Break. needs... Yeah, so this is the round one, and this is going to be a feel-out round because I, I I tend to agree with with Paulie. I I don't I don't see I listen. I know there is a path to victory for Joshua, and he showed he showed touches of it in the last fight with Hellenius. He's fighting a taller man, jabbing high, jabbing low, changing levels, playing with the distance and the range. The problem was exactly what Paulie just said: the hesitancy, the non-committal a uh, uh, non-committedness of of our committal. Uh, approach of Joshua, especially as he's closing the gap, as he covers that middle distance, closing that critical distance line, he just doesn't have that commitment to explode forward like he used to. So when if you're hesitant on the outside with a guy with a longer reach and real power the way Wilder does, he's going to eat the same jabs that Hellenius was hitting with, the ones that busted up his nose and his eyes. The difference is, is that Wilder is not going to be non-committal. He's going to throw that right hand behind it, unlike Hellenius, and he's going to be able to hit Joshua with that, especially at that middle distance range. So I, I do agree. I think it's a really tough fight for Joshua to win. There's a path to it, but I don't see it. Break. Wilder's jab is also better than Hellenius's. Wilder's right hand is maybe the best in the way in the weight class in the division. And like the champ Chris said, he is a guy who is very committed to those shots. He's made an entire career out of it. Being knocked out by Fury hasn't demented, hasn't taken away that confidence. Sometimes we see guys get knocked out. Like Joshua, since he's been knocked out, he really hasn't had that same confidence to close that gap since he's been knocked out. Sometimes that happens to fighters. We've seen Wilder get knocked out. He's still fully committed to that power. He's still fully Break. committed to closing that gap. Well, let's see. I mean, we don't know about Wilder. Yeah, I, I think I think I would agree that yeah, he's still got that. He's still, but we haven't seen him in so long. And you know how it is, champ. When you're out of the ring, things can change in your mind over time. Especially when you're coming off a bunch of losses the way that Wilder is to the Tyson Fury fights. I'm sure there's been a lot of questioning about Fury uh, about Wilder over these past couple of years. He fought Hellenius, who was a sparring partner. That was kind of like an easy step back in for him. Um, you know, he got that first round knockout, but man, he has not been in the ring very much in the last couple of years. So there's. There's definitely that, that that question there. And there's our bell. Round one is over. Uh, it was a close one. You know, there, there's a I have a tendency to give a lot of even rounds, and I was going to do that, but I'm going Pauly 10-9. Pauly brought up a really good point about confidence and that Wilder's been knocked out, and he seems to still have that confidence, and Joshua hasn't been the same. So I'm trying not to score even rounds. Now, Chris, I see you shaking your head. I guess you're going to be questioning me this this fight too. That first round, it's a 10-9 round for Pauli Malinaji. That's very wise, Chris. All right. So round two, Pauli, we're starting with you. And this is in honor of uh, Mike Tyson. He became undisputed heavyweight champion 36 years ago in August. I thought I heard a bell, but the bell shouldn't go yet. He became a cha uh, undisputed heavyweight champ 36 years ago. So round two, the topic is what is Tyson's best knockout? Ring the bell, round two. Paulie, it's on you. 
Tyson's best knockout is, I'm going to quote him from his own interview. Uh, Tyson's most powerful knockout is a Pinklin Thomas knockout. He says he hit Pinklin Thomas with about 14 or 15 unanswered power shots. It is devastation how Pinklin Thomas stood up and just took all that punishment. I don't know what it was, but even Tyson himself, I've heard him say, this is the most devastating knockout of my career. He just, I just kept hitting him with hard, hard shots, and he just kept stumbling around taking it i mean we can there's a there's an argument for the trevor burbick knockout because he gets up and goes back down a bunch of times and it's a time where referees actually used to give you the 10 count it was cool to actually give the champ trevor burbick a chance to hold on to his title but pinklin thomas is a devastating knockout i mean it, you you knowing the reputation and power tyson had at that break time, Okay, so so Paulie went with devastation. I'm I'm gonna go with history. I'm gonna go with the Michael Spinks knockout. It was one of those fights that it was it was unexpected. I mean, Michael Spinks just comes off. He beats Larry Holmes twice. Twice he beats Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes is one of the best heavyweights I've ever seen. I love watching Larry Holmes fight. His jab is insane. He's fought the toughest guys around. Incredible, incredible heavyweight. Michael Spinks comes up, beats him not once, but twice. Now we have this super huge mega fight. Michael versus Michael. We got Tyson versus Spinks. This is gonna be the fight of he blasts him out. I mean, absolute total destruction. Didn't belong in the same ring together. I mean, the iconic photo of, of Michael just crumbling to the canvas. I mean, it was so devastating, so un unexpected. It really made the legend of Mike Tyson right there. It was like, oh my God, not only is this guy just this tough kid from 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 from, from Brooklyn, and he's he can he can do it at the highest level against a, a real surgeon, technical guy like Michael Spinks. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with history on that, Michael Break. Spinks. Are you nuts? Michael Spinks showed up for a payday. He didn't even get hit with that hard of a shot when you compare it to the Pinklin Thomas knockout. Pinklin Thomas got his face busted up with power shot after power shot. Michael Spinks was looking for a soft spot on the canvas from the opening belt. He was intimidated. He showed up for a $15 million payday, which in 1988 goes a long way. And he was he was completely scared at the at the bell. Any shot that hit him, he was going to go down. If you look at when, when he goes down from, even before the first knockdown, he's looking for any reason to go down. He's not really Break. committed to fighting Tyson. You made my point for me. You said it. Was, I said yours was the dev devastating punch, the one that looked damaging. Mike was historic, but the, the, the Sphinx fight was like it was just so grandiose. It was massive. I'm telling that picture is burned in my mind. Pick on Thomas? I don't think about Pick on Thomas. I don't, I don't. I don't dream about that. I dream about Mike. Mike Tyson knocking out Michael Sphinx. That's the moment that every fighter wants. You're in there. You got everybody watching. So what? The guy was scared. He got his 15 million. But listen, in terms of the history, that that's a massive, massive fight. And KO. There's our bell for round two. You know, if if I was picking, I would have picked Burbick. And 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 Paulie, you you alluded to Burbick. Chris Algieri, you're down two rounds. That was a Paulie round, 10-9. Paulie made, made a great argument. The Pinklin Thomas knockout. They were both devastating of knockouts. Of course, but also Pinklin Thomas, if you think about it, Pinklin Thomas also, it's knockouts. Oh, like, wait, wait. Like, it's the, knockouts the, the, the title says best knockout. Yes, best but it's not devastating. It's, knockout, it's knockouts like that that make my guys like Michael Spinks scared, that brought intimidation into the Michael Spinks fight because Tyson had this aura of completely destroying guys. And that aura comes from knockouts like the Pinklin Thomas knockout. Chris Algieri, you're yeah. down two rounds. You're down I'm, two I'm rounds trying, right I'm, now. I'm trying Defending to follow champion. the rules here, man. You guys, you know, all right, all right, okay. I see. Defending champ is down two. All right. <laughs> Round three. Bob Arum uh, recently came out and said that the monster, Naoya Inoue, is bet probably better than Manny Pacquiao. So says Bob Arum. So the topic, Paulie, we'll start with you. Can Inoue 
Top Pacquiao, as far as his career, is he a better fighter than Manny Pacquiao? Ring the bell, round three. Right now, I'd say no. It's a long way to go, right? Because we know Manny Pacquiao has accomplished so much in his career. But if you compare early part of careers together, and knew he's on a better path. He's on a, he's on a, he's on a more destructive path. He's, he hasn't been beaten. Let's remember Pacquiao also took some losses early in his career, then kind of went on to a rocket phase. You know, he was kind of inconsistent at first. And knew he has been consistently very, very good. I'd say right now, it, it, you, can't, you can't make that comparison. But there is still a long way to go in Inouye Inouye's career. And he's shown that on the same flight path as Pacquiao, he's on a better pace. Now, does that mean that he's going to go all the way to surpassing Pacquiao? We don't know yet. They're not necessarily. But the argument can be made, and that's why Aram is making that argument. The argument can be made based on the flight paths of the two. Let's remember Pacquiao then went on a, a, a tear once he got to 130 pounds and up, which kind of gave his life, his career a second win. But Inouye Break. so far is on a higher path. Let's be honest. Bob doesn't even believe that. Bob is just jumping on the Inouye marketing train. He's he's jumping on the news minute. Bob is very, very smart. He understands promoting. He's one of the last prom true promoters in the sport. He's just promoting his guy. He's jumping on this, this hype train right now. Listen, sure, did did is Inouye's path earlier now better than Pacquiao's? Absolutely. Like you said, champ, uh, Pacquiao has some losses to come out. That's one of the wonderful things about Pacquiao. The kid was like 15 years old and like was emaciated. We're trying to earn money for his family, learning on the job. But Pacquiao's greatness happened in, this, in the last half of his career. And it's like, hey, listen, boxing's a marathon, but it's actually not just a marathon. It's an uphill marathon. That last third of, your, of, of, of running up a hill or running upstairs is the hardest part. Everybody knows that. Everybody starts strong running up bleachers in the first quarter. It's how you finish that last quarter. Pacquiao's finish was so strong. You can't even compare these two right now. Anyway, has a long way to go and a lot to prove to even be in the same conversation. Great. Okay, but you can't predict that Inouye's not going to have a great close to his career. You can only go by the comparison of beginning of careers. Thus far, Inouye's early career and Pacquiao's early career. The comparison can be made right now, and you can't just say, oh, because Inouye started so good, he's not going to close so great. That still remains to be seen. It's too early to compare the two, but nonetheless, you can make the conversation. Yes, is a great promoter, but he's making sense here and actually making the comparison because Inouye has been more devastating at this point in his career than Pacquiao had been at that point in his career. Break. Now, in the future, we shall see. We're talking about futures and we're talking about hypotheticals and there's a long way to go. I'm just telling you, man, I've never seen someone like Pac. I've been in the ring with the guy. I mean, the guy is a phenom, absolute phenom across the board. What he's been able to do, there's just so much to, to, to go for, for in a way. And I just really think this is much more of a marketing play than anything from 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 Uncle Bob, from, from the Bob father. He's being very, very smart and he's trying to get attention for his guy. And listen, it's working. It's working. Not that a kid doesn't deserve it, but come on. We got a long way to go before we really talk about that discussion. There's our bell. Spirited, like I always say, spirited debate, but Chris Algeri has punched his way into the fight. He's got a 10-9 round. Paulie, you made great arguments, but this is Bob Bob Aram. He's a promoter. He's his promo promoter. Can, it's you promotional can only go talk. By what you've seen. You can't it's go by promotional talk. I, I think right you... now, he I mean, certainly you made a good argument, but I'm the ref and the judge. And Chris Algeri won that round 10-9. This is gonna go in my protest box. Oh wait, you, well, you, go I think you lost your last protest. I, I think you lost your last <laughs> yeah, protest. Dude, you lost the last one and the last protest. This guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's coming hungry. So round four. And the topic is that was that was, that was a sympathy round. That's what that was. Ooh, that was um, cool. well, you're not doing hey. yourself any favors with the judge now. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, that that in fact, that's a warning talking back to the ref. <laughs> that's your first warning. All right. Round four. Paulie, we'll start with you. The topic is Saudi Arabia money. Is it good for boxing? Ring the bell round four. 
I don't th- I don't think the Saudi Arabia money is good for boxing. I think it's good for boxers. I think them getting to make a lot of money is going to benefit them uh, in, in a time and place in, in human history where, you know, inflation is going crazy and things, everything's so expensive. Taking care of your family and the future and your future family is super important to everybody. So the Saudi Arabia money for a lot of these fighters is great for the fighters. But for the sport itself, I think the overabundance of too much money, it's not just in boxing, it's in sports like soccer too, is starting to diminish the, the the natural love of what you want to do. You know what I mean? Fight, athletes no longer really hold it as in, in as high of a standard if, if if legacy matters. It's more so how much money can they possibly make? Legacy doesn't pay bills. I get it. But you still, the love of, for what for doing what you do makes fighters want to fight in their primes. And, and this is what's happening with Saudi Arabia money. Everybody wants to keep that O. Everybody wants to protect their record just so they can get that Saudi Arabia invite. You know? They want to build up that reputation so they can get that Saudi Arabia invite. And so so I don't know, man. Break. Before I say anything, I wish I was around when there was Saudi Arabia money, Arabia money, because it's, it's money, like you said, champ. For, for the fighters, it's great. I want fighters to get paid more than everybody. What we do and what we put ourselves through deserves the highest paydays, and, and I appreciate that. But I will disagree. I don't even think it's good for the fighters because these guys now are getting soft. They're getting paid so much money. They're not as hungry. Hunger is the difference. It's one of the reasons why Probox fights are so great. These guys are not making tons of money. They're 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 fighting each other tooth and nail for that next step. I was that way. I would I didn't make a lot of money at all until I got a world until I was already a world champion. I didn't even make a lot of money in my world title fight. But that hunger, that fact that I had no bridge behind me is why I fought so hard in all those fights. People say, How did you get up? How'd you deal with this? Man, I had no choice. A lot of these guys now, they got a lot of other choices. And when you got a million, a couple M's in the bank. Eh, you got that guarantee. Eh, you brought up Mike, Michael Spinks about that 15 million and being scared to fight. I mean, that, that's a massive part of the fight. So I, yeah, money's good for fighters, Break. but it also can hurt them. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on that, you know, because you need to continue to stay hungry. Guys are getting that money, and that's it. That's the end of the sport. So is it good for boxing? We told, The argument is, the debate is if it's good for boxing. I don't think it's good for boxing. I think boxers will benefit. But yes, making them soft. It'll, it won't make them as hungry. And when you don't have hungry fighters, it's not good for boxing. You know, you also, like I said, it'll prevent certain matches from happening outside of Saudi Arabia because fighters want to get that invite into Saudi Arabia. So they want to keep winning. They want to keep building up their reputations. It's one of the reasons why we're having so much trouble in the heavyweight division, I think. These guys get paid so much more. The, the, the amount of money that heavyweights are able to earn, they generate the exorbitant amount of money that they're able to. I always said, if, you have, if you're managing a heavyweight or you're training a heavyweight, man, you got big bucks coming. Keep that O and, and just get one of those big fights. But we are seeing now with Saudi Arabia, we're actually able to make these big fights. These guys who are pricing themselves out are going to fight each other now. That's what we're seeing from, hopefully, from Joshua and Wilder because there's enough money to play. So in that case, it does actually work out because we're getting these fights. We're forcing these guys to fight. There's our if bell. They work, if they turn out to be great fights, we'll see. There's not much to, money. Jeez. Not much to <laughs> debate there. I mean, you guys both um, – that's an even round, guys. You you guys were really on point. You, you, you brought up different aspects of uh, – of the Saudi Arabia money. So that's our first even round. That's 10-10. So, uh, Paulie, going into round five, you're up by one point. Chris is a defending champion. Paulie's the hungry challenger looking to take that belt. All right, guys. I'm going to fight my way round, to Saudi Arabia money. Round, <laughs> round five. And let me just explain it. So don't ring the bell yet. Round five. We're going to start with you, Paulie. It's the best boxing announcing team ever. Not an all-star team. You're you're not picking guys from Showtime and HBO, and you can't uh, use yourselves because you guys are among the tops. Your all-time favorite boxing announcing team, Paulie. We'll start with you. Ring the bell for round five. 
Um, you know what? I that's a good question. You know, I I I'd say Lampley, Merchant, and Foreman. You know, uh, I I think that they and and that's and it's funny because I didn't always agree with Merchant. I actually don't think Merchant knew much about boxing at all. But he was a TV personality, and as I've grown older, I've started to realize that you need one of these TV personality kind of guys in there. You know, I didn't think Merchant knew shit about boxing. He probably still doesn't know shit about boxing. But I'll tell you what, he knew how to say certain things in a certain manner, which would rile you up or make you think. And then the Foreman and, and Merchant arguments on live TV were great because one week Foreman would be arguing with Merchant on live TV. And then the next week, Jim Lampley would ask George Foreman a question and Foreman would be like, well, you might as well ask Larry because he's seen them all. <laughs> Said he was super complimentary. So, I mean, it was great. Also, Foreman, I thought was misunderstood a lot. As I learned my boxing, as I got a little older, I started to look back on some George Foreman videos when he was commentating and people like criticized the things that he said. But then I realized I, I understood what he was talking about. Break. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to, to go against, especially I mean, Paulie and I are the same generation in terms of when we were fight fans. So watching those HBO nights were, I mean, are just epic and are something that uh, I, I I can never forget. I mean, Larry Merchant, yeah, I agree with him or disagree with him. I, I he, he was a personality and he was very good at his job. Jim Lampley is one of the most professional guys I've ever seen do it. Um, he was emotional about the sport. I actually got to call a fight next to him as a tryout for HBO a number of years ago. It was, it was one of the highlights of my my, my commentating career. And I love I love Foreman. I, I know a lot of people talk a lot of trash about him, and like I agree, he was misunderstood. Whatever he said was gold. Then there were some wild, wacky things that he said. But listen, another another commentator that I'm going to say that I, I actually like better was a Manny Stewart. I thought that he was so good as a as a ringside analyst, and he was also great because if he got into an argument, with Larry. Larry was scared to death of him because, because Emmanuel Stewart was a bad dude. And he would he would have taken care of that out, outside. Even though Foreman was Foreman, I think I Break. think uh, Larry was more afraid of uh of yeah, Stewart. Stewart. Stewart is a is a is a is a good uh analogy as well. I think he came around later. I mean, I'll also go with some of the earlier uh, NBC and ABC commentating teams that were really good. Uh, uh I forgot which guy he was calling like Miguel Cotto fight, but he was one of the guys from the network TV guys as well. But I again, I mean, it, it, you talk about we're not talking about dream teams, we're talking about so solidified commentating teams. For me, Lampley, Merchant, and Foreman is the top one. I mean, they, they, you got so much out of them, including knowledge break tv personality well yeah i mean hbo has been in best programming it was, it was a real shame when hbo boxing died a couple years ago but yeah no they they, they always had the best teams and but I, I one of the reasons why i really liked manny stewart was is you were always learning you're constantly learning when he was when he was out there talking you know george like you said was, sometimes he was hard to decipher what he was saying it was always gold there was always gold in there but you had to dig manny put it in such a way that even the casual fan learning boxing and that's what boxing There's needs. There's our bell. We need them to learn. <clears throat> boxing fans. Guys, you 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 touched my heart. I'm a I work for HBO. I know Foreman and Lampley and Merchant. I'm still in touch with Jim and Larry. So you both touched my heart on that one. Um how how can I how how can anyone win that round? We got another even round. That's a 10-10 round. A, Paulie had, I mean, one. when when Paulie said HBO, Chris, you were in danger. If you didn't go with that, you would have lost that round before it ended. I would have wrote it, rid it. Written down the score, 10-9 Pauly before the round ended. But, Chris, you... you I, was, you, I was actually hoping that he was going to go uh, nostalgic and go with his team that he had worked with in the Bastards to, like, you know, throw some flowers to his team, and then I was going to be able to steal it. But, yeah, no, you, there, there is no competition. It's HBO.
Yeah. Well, no, I, I couldn't even. I couldn't do that too because it was uh, we're not allowed to use ourselves. Plus, I didn't grow up on myself. It's, it's me talking, you know. So I grew up on the HBO team. You know? That's fair. So, That's fair. You know, I, I'm a little bit older. Go with, with some older, older Showtime guys, whatever. Tim Ryan and Gil Clancy Albert were Steen. awesome. Tim Ryan, that's the one. Tim, Tim Ryan, Ryan, they were awesome on, on CBS and Freddie Pacheco and Marv Albert. Tim Ryan was Tim yeah. Ryan was the one who was on the call when I called Cotto. Yeah. Ryan, how, how about you guys? Remember the Colonel? How about the oh, Colonel? Oh, oh, Colonel? He was a one man show. No, one he still man is show. a one man show. Something else. Paulie man. knows wow. that. Wow. Yeah. We couldn't use all star teams, man. The right. Colonel was great, though. All right, guys. Uh, the Colonel. We're going into the deciding round. Paulie's up by a point. Round six. You didn't see the topic up there, but this is in honor of uh of Eminem walking out Bud Crawford. Mm. It had a lot of people amped up and hyped. It was a great walkout. That is the topic. The topic is best fighter walkout of all time. Doesn't have to be with a rapper or a singer, but the topic is best fighter walkout of all time. Ring the bell round six. It's on you, Polly. Roy Jones Jr. with Roy Jones Jr. at Radio City Music Hall with Method Man and Red Man walking to the ring, rapping with them. That that was the best ring. And for me, that was that topped it all. There's been some fun ring entrances. I mean, Mayweather's had some cool ring entrances. I remember uh, uh Mayweather yeah, coming yeah, on yeah. the Gladiator, uh, being carried by the Gladiators when he fought Gotti and stuff like that. Those are cool, but they weren't performance like, man. I, I gotta be honest, the the performance would Roy used to wrap himself to the ring, but then when he came to the <laughs> ring with Method man or red man in radio city music hall you know you got radio city music hall was itself a a, a stratospheric event to have a boxing fight at radio city music hall because you just never did it before i don't think and i don't even know if they've done it since it was just that kind of place where it was like whoa we're gonna have boxing at radio city but then roy not only does radio city the way he does it but he comes in with method man and red man which what you red man and red man they don't know where they're coming to go and they're always high and high and stuff like that so god only knows how they showing up and they just thought, oh, rapping, and it came out break, so good. Break, came break. Out so good. <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't steal this one for me. Nazim Hamed, when he punches through the wall, the brick wall, and then he came out on the carpet and the front flip over the ring ropes every time. That forward front flip. Just it, it was just it was it was a testament to what kind of fighter he he was. He had that athleticism, the explosiveness, the the uh, you, you never knew what he was gonna do next. I was I used to love those walkouts. I, I don't remember if it was Kevin Kelly or or uh, Augie Sanchez, but he punches through the brick wall. The, the block flies all over, and then the, the the flying carpet. Man, it was Aladdin. That's amazing. Uh, he was just such a showman in so many ways. He always had his leopard print trunks on, so everything he did was such a show. And then he went out there and performed as well every time. I mean, he he, he was fanatically fanatically good up until Barrera gave him a boxing lesson, and then after that, he really was never never the same. But yeah, I mean, those walkouts they were they were part of the uh, part of the show, and then he always closed the show Great. too. Like you talk about performed at the ring walk. I mean, Roy Jones performed at that ring walk. He, he dominated David Telesco. And I'm going to go one better. I'm going to tell you your own ring entrance because he did not break the wall against Kevin Kelly. It was against Augie Sanchez. You got to at least yeah. know what you're picking. I was at the Muhammad, Nassim Muhammad fight. He came out from behind the shadow. He was dancing for about 10 minutes behind this 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 uh, screen. And all you could see was his shadow. And then he walked down a ramp, which is an unbelievable ring walk. Don't get me wrong. It affected me tremendously. But Roy Wait. Jones with Method Man or Brings hip hop and boxing together. Break. <laughs> Listen, either way, wherever it was, you, you mentioned multiple ring walks of Roy too. It's just, you know, it's two different ring walks. So he punched the wall. It was great. There's another one. But I'm just talking about him as a, in terms of a, a performer. 
I mean, he, he didn't have to rap. He couldn't rap, thank God. <laughs> he didn't have anybody out there with him. He talks with his fists. I mean, he put on such amazing performances inside the ring, outside of the ring. And just, it's just, it's, it's everything about him. I mean, he, he was, he was bigger than There's our bell, guys. That's our bell. Wow. Um, we got a new champion. Pauli oh. Malinaji pulled that round out 10-9. And let me tell you why, Chris. I, I, I I'm why. showing my biases <laughs> here. Chris, you're right. Hamed had the, the carpet and everything else that he did. I was the stage manager with Roy Jones and Method Man uh, and, uh, and Red Man that night. Let me tell you something that Paulie didn't say. How much, weed, how, much weed did they, how much weed did they smell like when he was oh my, they yeah, were yeah. so they He were got so contact high. He remembers Listen, that. They were so high when they came. If you ever watch that on YouTube, you don't hear them rapping because they lost the microphones. They lost the microphones. So, um, wow, Paulie, it's like you read my, I was there. So Chris Algieri, you put up a spirited effort, spirited effort. Paulie Malinaji is the new champ, won by two points. We're back is, in uh, business. So I don't, uh, Chris, any, are there any complaints? Are you lodging any complaints? I've said my biases. I mean, you start talking HBO. I work for HBO, so. No. Chris, no, are I, you okay uh, with this decision? I started slow. I I I I pushed hard at the end, and yeah, you know, I fell I fell short tonight. It's 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 uh that's 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 part of the sport. Uh, I got to go back to the gym. I got to I got to get my road work in a little. Probably do a little more cardio. You know, Spoken I'm under like some I'm under some, some some duress. My AC I, is I, down. I, so. I had two I had two cups of coffee today before this. I was ready. Well, I know I, you're gonna I, have. I'm, I know I'm, you guys I'm, are gonna have coffee before this one on August 23rd, Wednesday night fights. Cannot wait for that. Leonardo Ruiz and Raul Garcia, a couple of unbeaten 154-pound prospects. Good fighters, great fights. This is what Pro Box TV is all about. Like, subscribe, comment. We, we, Guys, we should be able to do a whole show around fans' comments about what they want you two to spar about. So everyone, like, subscribe, comment. It's a blast working with the champs. This is another edition of Sparring Champion, a sparring session. And we got a new champion from Brooklyn, New York, Paulie. Malinaji, Chris Algieri will be back. Guys, this is a lot of fun. So please, again, subscribe to Pro Box TV. Why? Because we're your boxing channel.